Welcome to the Re-Eval brought to you by the Children's Rehabilitation Institute Teleton USA. Hey, this is Laura. And this is Natalie. We're two therapists that work at CRIT, the Children's Rehabilitation Institute Teleton USA. We wanted to provide the community with an outlet for their stories and resources for our families that may not have access or know how to begin. We hope that through these interviews, we can continue to serve our families and the pediatric therapy community with knowledge and education from a distance. Join us as we speak with some of our therapists, patients, and their families about their diagnosis and discuss how CRIT has helped them navigate their unique challenges. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. On this episode, we're going to keep talking about what it's like to come into a clinical setting such as CRIT and getting your footing uh, as a student, especially who's working their way into the rehabilitation profession. On the last episode, we were able to chat with a few students who are finishing up their graduate degrees um, and what it's like coming from their own perspective of being a full-time student, learning expectations, and just general tips and tricks as they make their way through this whole journey. Um, this episode will continue the conversation, but we're actually going to look at it from a, uh, like a supervisor or a clinical instructor point of view. So we have therapeutic recreation student Haley interviewing physical therapy clinical instructor Sam and therapeutic recreation supervisor Natalie. Um, and they get to discuss how their sole job is to really help continue to promote that growth, um, implement positive challenges and ensure success, even if there's hiccups along the way. They also get to uh, offer their own expectations, how they set up their time spent and their rotation, the students, and just overall advice and uh, that support to make sure that students can learn as much as possible while being successful. Enjoy. You are listening to the Re-Eval brought to you by Crit. All right, so now we're going to be continuing um, our conversation that we just previously had, but now we're switching into gears um, as a supervisor standpoint. So I have two supervisors with me today, one from the Department of Physical Therapy, Sam, and then I have Natalie as well in Therapeutic Recreation. And they're just going to kind of go over um, like their supervisor standpoints, um, you know, qualities and characteristics they look for in students and interns. Um, and just kind of like day-to-day expectations as well. So whoever kind of wants to start um, and introducing themselves and kind of going over, you know, just the different uh, roles that you play as a supervisor. We'll let Sam start, go ahead. All right, (laughs) hi y'all. I'm Samantha, I'm a physical therapist. Just a little bit about my background. I've been a therapist for nine years. Um, I have a certification in NDT, which is neurodevelopmental treatment. And I've also taken some quite a few different certifications over the years. I have experience in kinesio tape, um, CME, which is Quevismetic exercises. I've taken courses in torticollis and just basic developmental type strategies to help our patients. So when it comes to our program, we've always had a pretty solid student program with the physical therapy department. However, as it's progressed, we've kind of made it a more immersive approach. So in order to be an intern here at CRIP, we do require an interview process now. And I think that's a really good way to introduce students into what it's like to go into the job force, into the workforce. And so in those interviews, we kind of look at communication skills, what their background is. We ask for a resume. We want to know a little bit about the student and how they're going to fit in with our department but also what their goals are long-term. We wanna make sure that this is the right fit for them and that we find the right fit for them as well as in regards to their clinical instructor. 
I feel it's really important on both ends because Crit is quite a unique place and we have all of these moving parts. We have several different departments. It's an inpatient rehab type feel, but it's in an outpatient setting. So you've got therapeutic recreation, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. You have nutrition and a dietitian, counseling, social work services. So there's all these things that the student gets to be a part of, but it can be very overwhelming. So we wanna make sure that we set our students up for success and not for failure when they come in. And so we look for good communication skills. We look for them finding ways outside of school that they can utilize as like a stress relief. Um, and then we also wanna know that they have a solid foundation and they have a, a drive to be in pediatrics or at least work with a pediatric population because coming into this internship, if they're not proactive, if the student isn't willing to to go that extra mile, it's gonna be really challenging for them. Once they're here, we sit down with our students when they come in and we have a conversation a little bit about what the expectations are for the clinical internship, whether it's eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is for that particular rotation. Um, by the end of their clinical internship, we want them to be able to independently and safely treat this population. And so we take our steps and it could ebb and flow differently based on each student, but it's really important that early on our students are being interactive with the parents, with the families, with the children, because if they don't build that relationship early, it's very difficult in the long run or at toward the end of the um, clinical internship to feel comfortable and feel like they will be proficient when they graduate. So our job here is to help them be safe, teach them about some of the um, different treatment strategies they can use for different populations, how to create a plan of care using critical thinking, problem solving, and what it means to be a professional in our field. Yeah. And when students come here, they, we just want them to understand that any kind of feedback we give them is constructive. It's not in a way to ever put them down or make them feel less than, but we have to challenge them to help them be the best that they can once they do leave from here. And it is such, like I stated, just such a unique place, but it can be super overwhelming. So we just want to set this, the tone early and let them know this is what you're getting yourself into. We're here to support you, but we also want to see that effort back when it right. comes to the whole internship. Flexibility, of course. <laughs> There's days that yeah. I might come in at seven to see patients. Well, yes. it's also pediatrics. Yeah. And pediatrics. <laughs> you never know if a kid is gonna be happy one second and then, you know, right. tears within you, five seconds fly, you know. Absolutely, you could walk into a session and you have this huge, beautiful setup plan and it's like, nope not today not today <laughs> and so you just gotta kind of go on the fly and it we just really want to create that what kind of what we call like a bank a bank of exercises a bank of activities a bank of like oh this happened before let's redirect this way and just being flexible and creative yeah, because probably. that's kind no, of it's a great point because i feel like in school we learn like in a perfect setting in a perfect world like this is going to happen but we don't learn about like, okay, what about plan B, C, D, E, and F? Absolutely. We just learn like, <laughs> all right, this is what's gonna happen, but like obviously we're not with, we're not in that setting, we're not with clients or patients to actually know what's gonna happen that day. And Natalie and I have had this conversation a lot too, because I started grad school uh, during COVID, like right after we got out of quarantine, I didn't get any facilitation time, I didn't get to interact with any type of client or patient or anything at all. So this was my first like setting, like working, 
with anybody so i kind of had to be like all right like put the new hat on like what am i going to expect here what's going to happen like there's going to be days that i need to come up with x y and z because Mm -hmm. i have no idea what's going to happen and it's all new to me because i didn't get to do anything in my program so I think it's a great point that you make. I feel like that's also uh, an extremely important point as a supervisor also is we have these students that are coming in from COVID and not even at COVID really at any time. They're students first and foremost and we understand that uh, in school you learn the perfect textbook definition. Um, I I can't speak for PT. I I know that y'all break down like every muscle group and things like that. We TR therapeutic recreation. We literally get a crash course, um, and so we're expected to come into a setting like this, and we have to learn all of it very quickly. And it's a never-ending learning process. And so I think that's one thing to be. We have to be just as flexible as our students. And that, oh, we have to start from step one, right? We literally yeah. have to, we have to put on our new caps, right. even though we've been professionals for a while. Um, and so then I have like Haley come in, coming from COVID and the experience matters. But at the same time, like you said, that willingness, that initiative, I think is like the biggest drive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think we talked about this the other day, like how differently like cerebral palsy uh, presents mm-hmm. and they don't talk about that in our program. No. You come in here and we can show you eight kids, line them up with the same diagnosis and they're going to all present differently. Yeah. And so you have to be prepared to be like, oh, what works for one exactly what you said might not work for another or whatever. Yeah. I feel like even when as a student going through like the interview process, like some of the expectations that I would want as a supervisor too is being adaptive for me, like not sugarcoating things or you know treating me like a child but at least like letting me ask questions especially going into a program that is totally new to me and then like kind of explaining things like step by step like Natalie is great with having a binder the first day and kind of going over things like expectations and roles that we play Um, and that's a big thing for me just like learning from the supervisor because they're there to put us for success and you know bleed independently as well um, and I feel like if I didn't have that, I would probably be all over the place and not know what to yeah. do. So like, I feel confident in going into my last two weeks that like I will be an efficient therapist and like the roles and the things that I've learned here, like think that's really good as a supervisor to like let us lead independently, but let us fail also and kind of go over, you know, what we could have done better, or what would have changed in that therapy session right. as well. So one thing that we've done like with our PT program or PT student program is that we've created a folder. So I created a folder a few years ago because I just felt that it was really important to have resources right there that you could turn to, a place to put all of your information that you're getting. But we also have weekly feedback forms. So what's one thing you learned? What's one thing you struggled with? What do I need to be doing better as a CI to help facilitate your growth? Because I know what I want to teach you, but I don't know what's going on inside your head. And if I can't read you, I can't help you. And if you're not talking to me, I can't help develop you so it should be like this constant back and forth conversation mm-hmm. um, and understanding that le- yes yeah, sometimes you might be overwhelmed with things like paperwork but that's something that you've got to figure out how to manage because that is the reality of how it goes sometimes like some weeks you are swamped with paperwork and you've got to figure out how to be more efficient so we want to help create and develop those skills now because it's part of our field as much as we all say the worst part of our job is paperwork, right? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're in this field because we want to help people and we enjoy working with people, whether it's children or adults or whatever, um, whatever age they are. But as a student, we want to give you guys the tools. And so that, that binder that we've created has little things like, oh, getting 
getting to know the facility that you're in. So where are all the safety exits? Where are all the fire extinguishers? The thing that things that you kind of overlook yeah. and don't realize are important as part of like, if there's a fire drill or a fire and you've got to get your patient out, where are you going to go? <laughs> Um, I think also for us, especially um, as Haley just mentioned, like coming into COVID, there's not a lot of experience with like documentation. And so yes. I have like note writing tips in there of, Same. Uh, you know, I don't use pronouns in my notes. And so how can you be very objective and things like that? We also have very specific job task analysis that we have to do. There's 69 that have to be signed off by the end of the internship. And it's everything from hands-on care to planning, to implementation, to documentation, to even like admin budgeting and things like that. And it is crazy. So you have to be organized. Absolutely. The same with us. Yeah. We have what's called PT Max, at least for Texas. Different states have different things, sure. but for sure in Texas. <laughs> um, and those are the skills that they have to be able to be checked off as entry level. Mm -hmm. And entry level, they have objectives that they we have to meet throughout the, the rotation. But entry level is a little bit subjective, but it's really like safe and effective. Right. And do you have that willingness to, when you graduate, go off and learn? And I think it's important for students to also realize, like, when they come here, or any, in a, any clinical internship in general, it is an opportunity to have direct mentorship. Because once you graduate, you will never, ever have that one-on-one -on -one direct mentorship again. So take advantage. Ask the questions. Realize that it's a, a learning process. And it... It is challenging for the clinical instructors. For your clinical instructor, it is extra work. It's extra time, but we do it because we love it. <laughs> well, oh. we also, <laughs> it's true. It is true. We also, it helps that we're helping shape like the future. Absolutely. And so if we can help that, I feel like we know that like we're setting up good hands because we're mm -hmm. good at what we do. We wouldn't be in the position if otherwise, um, Sam said, over 10 years of experience. And so, I mean, I've only had two and a half as a TR, but I've had camping before that. So like, I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't good. So we want to make sure the future stays good. And so we wouldn't take students otherwise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's important to have those like conversations and those roles and expectations for when students or interns come in too. Cause if I came into an internship and they're just like, all right, here you go. I would be like, but what, what do I do? So I think it's important, like, all right, the first week, you know, you're going to be shadowing this week. And then by week five, you're going to be leading. And then by the end of this internship, you're going to do notes. You're going to lead. You're going to, I'm going to be there for you, whatever you need. But I don't think I would be comfortable moving into my own setting if I didn't have those roles and expectations to then follow me through as my own therapist. Because if I don't have, you know, those expect expectations and I'm just going to go through graduation and be like, all right, this was great. Awesome. <laughs> and I have no idea what to do. Like as I now my own therapist, I'm just going to like, it's kind of like leading the blind through the blind. <laughs> I wouldn't know. So I think it's important to have just like those, you know, those roles and those settings and those conversations, even those hard conversations. I think if Natalie wasn't honest with me or very blunt with me, I would just kind of continue on doing whatever I want to do and the, the fact that she like not lays out the law but you know lets me know like hey this is what your role is every single week that's important for me to know because I like the structure and I like that I get to observe other settings and that I uh, just like know what my part is during that day or that week that I'm in so well not the beginning I say uh I go, you know, during this start, you go where I go. Like, you are my shadow. And at the end, you tell me what to do. Right. So, like, right now, she is the therapist. Like, this morning, we were in the pool. Yeah. And I was just there to make sure that if the kid needed support, cool, cool. Otherwise, she was leading, she was calling the shots. And, and that's, that's really yeah. important, I think, because 
you transition from like exactly we have like a weekly calendar like so you can see what's kind of laid out and then usually by like week six to eight I'm not using that calendar anymore like the expectation is that you're managing the schedule and you're figuring out when you need a tech you're figuring out when you need to communicate with the PTA the physical therapy assistant or with other disciplines or with the PM&R doctor physical medicine and rehab doctor it's your job to manage that because and ask for help when you need to because you have to do that as a therapist sometimes right. we can't do it all sometimes exactly. you need an extra set of hands sometimes you need some support from staff around you and if you don't have that support you have to rethink what your treatment strategies are if I can't do this safely, why am I planning it if I don't have help? Right. I think that's a good point to make because I, I don't think I probably knew about that role coming in, like that there's going to be other therapists, there's going to be other departments that I will be working with or co-treating with, and then we have to figure out, all right, does this time work with you? Does going across to Morgan's work for you? Like, is the sensor, like, you know, room open? There's so many behind-the-scenes things that happens as a therapist that I don't think I fully realized coming into it, like... There's little things that we need to figure out day by day, like who's going to be where, what's going to go on, like do you have everything you need for success, so I, it's a great point to make. Mm -hmm. um, but I know also we had talked about, well Sam had mentioned, you know, like how the interview process goes for PT and everything, and I don't know if we've talked about this at all um, when I was talking to the other PT students about kind of the interview process for myself, um, kind of like the roles and expectations, like coming into TR as a TR intern. So I wanted Natalie to kind of like give her thought process of like shadowing and you know, what her uh, qualities and characteristics are that she looks for when hiring um, an intern or even someone coming into shadow. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing, so for, for TR students, it's a little bit different than uh, PT because shadowing isn't necessarily required, but just like PT, it looks really good. And I know PT, they expect an X amount to be done, I think, before you apply um, for, for PT school. And um, this is where it is the same of, we wanna see a little bit of everything and not just pediatrics or not just aquatics or not just mental health institutes or whatever, right? We wanna see uh, a large amount. And I look for that in my students. I like that initiative. Um, I had to change gears with COVID as Haley was saying, obviously, um, I can't expect you to do everything coming in. Haley's also a master's student, so undergrad is a whole different ballgame compared to uh, she had a track laid out for undergrad pre-PT too, right? Yeah, pre-PT. Um, and then she came to the TR side, dark side, whatever you call it. <laughs> um, and at that moment, you didn't know, like, oh, I'm going to go shift into TR. So you might have had some good experience because it's a similar field. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, our field will have kids from, like, journalism, so like, how in the world are you gonna get into a place like this? So that's when during school to take that initiative, I like to see you come in and shadow volunteer. We have our buddy program. So like, mm -hmm. those are the perfect places where I can put a name with your face. And then if I see your application come across um, and I have a pretty tight application uh, system and mm -hmm. I, I get at least 10 to 15 applicants per semester. So it is competitive. And I'm only a team of one right now until my other TR can get her uh, situation going. And uh, it, it's hard when I can only pick one. Right. And so uh, that interview is everything. And I look for that initiative, that a drive. Um, the honesty of uh, Haley said, hey, I haven't really gotten to work in pediatrics. And that's why I'm here. I want to learn. I mean, I picked my internship in psych on purpose because it terrified me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm very confident with psych. 
Um, so I hear that and I go, you're here to learn. But I also look at um, what can you offer? Haley works at a facility where she stretches people um, on the side. And I'm like, well, cool. How can I learn from that? I'm not, she's not just learning from me. I want to learn from her also. Absolutely. So those are some other things that I look for in candidates. Um, on top of like, I'm that person that looks at the really nitty gritty details. So if you leave <laughs> out certain things or there's a lot of like spelling, I'm just really professional. That's not going to fly in the professional world. Yeah. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I think little details you have to look at. You can't not submit a cover letter because you don't want to. Right. Like that's not going to work. If it's there, you need to do it. You need to have good recommendations, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have 15 other applicants against you. Right. And I, I need to know why I'm picking you. Absolutely. And so. for us, it's similar. So like, yes, there are observation hours that are required to even apply for PT school, but observing in one place for your whole observation hours doesn't typically fly like no. it gives you a little taste of what pt is but pt is so like expansive and even within each field like even within pediatrics we specialize in neurological and genetic conditions here however you can have sports pediatrics where it's like acls and like like broken bones and that right. kind of stuff mm -hmm. so it just really depends where your passion is but you're not going to know what your passion is if you, and you're not going to know if you're really even interested in it if you don't do those observations. Right, yeah, right. That was like exactly with psych. I was like, ooh, right. I'm scared. But what if I fall in love with it? I did not. Right. <laughs> but it's okay. That's why I'm not there. Yes. Right. Uh, but you find those things out, and this is the perfect time to also fail. Right. Uh, you have the support to fail, and that's also part of our jobs as supervisors yeah. is when to step in and go. Ooh, Let's, let's take a few steps back here. Right. Yeah. Um, and we were, we're not going to let you fail, but, especially if safety's involved. Right. We don't want to fail when, sa when safety's involved. However, right. like as therapists, not that we fail within a session, but things don't always work out the Correct. way that you yeah. want them to. And you know what? That's okay because you just learned that, yes, this technique works really well for this other patient, but this isn't the right one or this patient isn't ready for it yet. Right. So yeah. you take that feedback and you're like, all right, I'm going to talk to mom. Like, look, we tried these things today this didn't quite work out the way we were intending it to and it just means that we're just not quite ready for this activity yet so we're going to take a few steps back and work on this first and then we're going to revisit this in a few weeks yeah. it's a learning process it's a like a feed forward feedback trying, trying to figure right. it all out and it's mm -hmm. all those things that you learn in school motor planning right yeah but applying it to like not just yourself but your patients as well right i was gonna say i don't know how many times we've led a session and we go not again or <laughs> well that went way better than we thought it was gonna go yeah, right. and so then you add on to that skill which is a massive part of just being able to adapt to anything absolutely we, part of our superpowers are we can take an activity and make it to anybody's ability right uh, but you're gonna have those moments of oh that didn't go well and it doesn't mean that you're a failure but we have to learn how to fail with grace mm -hmm. i guess i guess it is kind of a failure but not like in a bad way no, because um, it's the perfect place to fail because in school, too, you don't learn about having conversations with parents or having conversations with kids or having conversations with guardians or anybody. So I think being in the setting, I've had, I don't think I fully have had a, had a conversation with a family, but just giving them like a rundown or like an overview right. of like what happened or even like disciplining kids sometimes too like you know like oh you can't splash in the water or like oh like maybe that's not nice like I'm still learning like what my role is as a student to make sure everyone is safe and comfortable because right. I'm like was oh, Natalie watching me like is this okay like but it's a good place to fail if anything were to happen she would just go over with me like hey maybe say it this way and maybe not do it that way you know so it's a good learning curve for me because I've never really had to work in a setting with 
children and parents and nurses and therapists that I have to have like open conversations with people. So it's a good way to learn and grow as a therapist because mm-hmm. eventually I will have to be independent. Like, oh, I can't just be like, Natalie, you need to go talk to them. <laughs> or like, Sam, I need you to go talk to this family. So I have to be like, wait, no, I have to do that. Right. <laughs> like, it's my turn to do all of that as well. Yeah, and you'll learn your voice more and more. Yeah, um, and I think that's our job as supervisors to help you find it. Like, hey, you, I know you were communicating this. That's, we probably need to work on how we, our message is delivered um, just in general. And I don't love saying that we're failing because it's not really a failure. It's just like a it's learning a, process. Right. It's just, yeah, it's a <laughs> hiccup. There you go. I like hiccup. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to go away eventually. Yeah. Well, maybe not totally. <laughs> Like it. Well, the other day we had a circumstance where we had a kid uh, with not the best behaviors. And I was actually out of the room at this time because at this point, Haley has taken over. And I don't think, like, we didn't really know what to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. And um, if I were there, I think I would have stepped in for sure. Um, but now looking back, it's that, oh, we could definitely do this next time. Right. Um, or like you said, finding that voice is just everything. And this is like the safest space to learn that for sure and uh i i like those hiccups i do because that's how you're gonna learn absolutely i went through it during my internship all of my jobs Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. and that's that's how you become who you are as a therapist so yeah yeah. of course (laughs) um well final thoughts um i did ask maddie and brenda both of the pt students kind of like any advice they have for you know future students future interns whether they're coming to crits or just kind of in general um if sam you have any advice that you think that students could take away from this anything that they should just kind of like think about you know as they're finishing school going into school looking for internships anything that you can kind of pinpoint at all I think the biggest thing is just make sure to go in with an open mind to every rotation know that whether you feel this is a like the best CI ever or not you can take Every rotation, every clinical internship school in general is what you make of it. So if you feel you're like in a situation that isn't conducive for your learning, change it. Like don't, you don't quit the particular clinical internship, but how do you figure out how to learn in that situation? One, you learn the things that maybe you don't want to do as a professional, if that were the case, or you seek out other resources within the department to continue to learn and you have to be able to dig a little deeper and find the resources so that you can make the best out of your clinical internships. And just going in with that open mind of like, this is, I'm not working for free right now. I'm learning, I'm in school. I am figuring out how to be the best therapist that I can be. And what I'm going through right now is gonna shape who I'm gonna be. So am I gonna work hard to be better, to serve, serve the population that I'm gonna work with? Because that's really why we've all come into a healthcare field is we want to help people in some way um, or am I just gonna post on through right, right. no that's great um, I I, I kind of answered this question last yeah. but um, I, to add on top of that is if exactly like you're if you don't put anything into it you're not gonna get anything out of it um, so yeah don't be afraid to change the conversation um, like don't just quit right um, <laughs> that's not a gonna look good and B why it's not going to help um, you in the long run no yeah. and especially if you picked a place where you purposely picked it because it's different or you haven't done it right so put in the time put in the effort for mm-hmm. sure 
um, extremely go in with an open mind. Right. Um, it is the safest place to figure things out. Mm-hmm. You're going to have incredible resources. Again, we would not be supervisors if we didn't want you here. Right. Um, and so yeah. our job is to encourage you. And so if you're just going to sit there and skim by and do the bare minimum, cool, cool, but good luck when you're your own you. Right. Yeah. And um, when, right. And, and when you're in the, in the heat of it all, like ask questions. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave it on your CI to do everything for you. Like if, if you need feedback on a note, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with documentation. Can we go over this stuff? Or, hey, I know we tried this with this, this patient. I know you're really busy, but can we schedule in some time so that we can go right. over these, yeah. these techniques? And we're all just people. We're open to those conversations. Right. And yes, sometimes we have a lot on our plate, but we're here to teach you all and we yeah. want to teach you all. So you just have to have that conversation and we will make the time for you. I was going to say, and I think the other biggest thing that especially I've learned is that communication, exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You said, we cannot read your mind. We can sit there and watch you laugh and have fun through a session and then you turn around and if you're struggling, we're not going to know. And so don't be afraid to ask those questions. Don't be afraid to voice your, hey, I'm really concerned about this or... Um, Haley is really good about uh, how how would you do this different? Mm-hmm. What would you do if the diagnosis was different? Uh, what would you do if it was a bad day? Yeah. Uh, what would you do if PT couldn't come co treat with us? Like yeah. she yeah. like it, don't be afraid to ask those. I am a believer is there there aren't stupid questions. Right. Yeah. And those questions that you ask as a student let us know where you are and how we have to shift to continue to guide you to help you like reach your best potential. Yeah, I think the communication style is always good because Natalie and I like know that we both speak out loud a lot and that's the only way that, I'm a visual person, so if I don't speak it or write it down into exist, I have no idea what's happening. So I feel like when we're writing notes a lot, like Natalie and I will just speak out loud the entire time. So I'm like, okay, well, what if I said this? Or like, because I don't have a lot of, um, or I don't have a lot of experience in documentation. So like the speaking out loud has been really great because I'm like, okay, what if I said this? But she's like, but what if you put it this way instead? So it's been a good, kind of even co-treating with that because yeah. sometimes I'm just like, oh, but this doesn't sound right. <laughs> right. And most of the time it's jumbled just, up. You, and... Yeah, at this point, you know, you, you have that grasp because mm-hmm. you're at the end of your internship. Yeah. Right. So I'm just helping with the more precise of, right. this is a different way that you could word it. And some of that is going to be subjective when you go to other facilities. Absolutely. So yeah. that's my other piece of advice is just because you learned it one doesn't mean that like note taking is going to be the same. If you go to another pediatric clinic, there might not even be TR. Right. Or the ability to to be a true interdisciplinary approach where we can work together hand in hand. Right. You might just go, oh, PTs doing their own thing. Right. Okay. And yeah. then like, that's it. Whereas right. here we're like, let's go play together. Right. Let's go swim together. Right. Um, so just like, don't, if it works one way in one place, it might not be the same in the next place. Right. Um, and that's the same for whether it's a rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, TR only does one. <laughs> they don't go anywhere else. Um, but like for jobs. Right. Yeah, anywhere absolutely. you go, it's going to be different. So absolutely. keep that open mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just kind of touching on like the, the talking out loud thing, like it helps your efficiency too. Yeah. If you go, if you spend an hour writing a note and then your CI goes back and it's like, oh, you should, you could have said this differently. Oh, I know. I was just struggling with how like to word it. Well, I'm, I'm right here next to you. Just, just ask me. <laughs> I'm, we are here to help you and it helps you. And then 
sometimes you just have to like talk through it a little bit and I was like right. oh yeah that was right. and then you create like a little bank and you're or I think another thing also that's really important as a student coming in for even expectations as a supervisor is like we're not perfect mm -hmm. so I have another TR and I find myself talking with her all the time and be like we had a situation yesterday it wasn't about anything like that but it was the note had to look different on purpose right and we were like oh we haven't crossed this bridge yet let's figure out how to do it together so if we come across it again we're confident right and we think a lot all the time i was like even though i'm the tr professional here is we're still learning just as much and things are always changing absolutely and so you have to be prepared we have to be prepared to bend mm -hmm. just as much as students are <laughs> so yeah. no that's for right sure. and as a clinic clinician like you said you still bounce ideas off mm -hmm. like we'll be in the pt office there's nine of us mm. oh I'm trying to say this. Oh, you did this right. I would say it like there this. There you go. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Let's just Sometimes say. Sometimes you just need someone else's Ten voice. Ten is better than one. So all yeah. I have to say. And yeah. I always say the worst thing that they can say is no. Or right. they change it. That's right. the worst thing that happened. They're Absolutely. not going to, you know, be little They offer weird. a good answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 like, no is like a loose term. But like the worst thing they can do is just change what you said. And that's yep. right. All yep. it is. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate both of y'all coming, Sam, Natalie. I think this will be great for future students, future interns. I think they've learned a lot from a supervisor standpoint, so I really appreciate both of your time. Yeah, it's a big Thanks. part of what yeah. we do here at Create. It's we, y'all are going to be the future colleagues. Mm -hmm. So we uh, we love it. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks having us. So yeah, no, thank you. Thanks. You are listening to the Re-Eval brought to you by Create. Okay, so I really appreciated some of the viewpoints from Natalie. Like again, I, I do clinical instructor for PTA students and I have um, been in contact with Sam for quite some time, especially since I'm currently the only clinical instructor doing the program for PTAs. Um, but Natalie talked a lot about just that flexibility and um, having the ability to kind of stay on your toes. Like you have to be uncomfortable to learn here, I think. And it's just one of those things that you, you have to get used to unfortunately um, but in the real world that's how it is so um, you get yourself put in situations and I feel like this is the best place to do it y'all talked a lot about um, having the ability or what y'all call direct mentorship from somebody mm -hmm. and you aren't going to have that outside of here um, I am very very fortunate to be working here because I feel like um, Sam had highlighted it a little bit but in our office we're always bouncing ideas off and I always, it, there's never a dumb question in there. You can ask something and they're going to help you and they're going to work you through. And even though they say you won't have that direct mentorship, there are plenty of therapists here that literally just take me under their wing and they're like, hey, let me show you that technique that I just learned this weekend. Or um, as PT and PTAs, we have like a little journal club that we review some like newest articles or whatever information that we want to kind of bring into the clinic to try here. That way we're all proficient in that skill or we have an idea of what our new um, course or whatever is going to be over. So um, again, it's just working at this facility. I'm not sure if all facilities are like that, <laughs> um, but I thought y'all did a really good job of pointing that out as a student that it's yeah. going to be something that you're learning as a skill now to learn, but you're going to learn for the rest of your career. So well, I think we'll used to it. I, we definitely talked about both. I heard Sam and myself say this was um, we learn just as much from the students as they learn from us. And um, like, for example, my student just presented her case study about virtual reality and locomat. And while I'm there and I'm in it, uh, the research that Haley brought was 
um, something that A would have taken me so much time to go do and I'm grateful that she had to do it <laughs> but um, it's just these different perspectives of like oh I hadn't looked at it from that perspective or I'm so grateful you found this specific article to back up exactly what we're thinking um, and things like that and so it's cool to watch how she gets things done um, just as effective and efficiently as I could it's just a whole different way and so it's we lean on them just as much as they lean on us and I that's where that perfect fit comes in for sure is you want someone to help you just as much as you can help them and bringing in those fresh ideas and things like that um yeah it's yeah. huge I feel like the biggest thing I was talking to someone the other day too is that as a student and as a CI or a supervisor you kind of have to learn your communication styles with one another and I feel like Natalie and I are really good about like we always talk out loud and like we always bounce off questions and ideas. We have, you know, the other day we had our red pen out just like crossing things off and adding things in. Um, and she'll even be like, okay, here's a patient that's coming in, like do research on them so you know like what their diagnosis or like what activities we could do with them. And that way I can learn as well, like just learning different populations and activities, interventions, anything like that. So I think having that good like communication style just like learning from one another learning each other's likes and dislikes and stuff like that way you can cohesively work as a team is definitely really important like when looking for a supervisor or ci and especially for vice versa looking for a student as well like how you can bounce off the ideas from one another or work well collaboratively and all of that as well yeah sam did a really good job of putting together like a binder a folder um for our student program um initially where they would have to kind of let us know, hey, what is your learning style? What is your communication style? And honestly, I mean, you can write it in paper, but until you're with that actual person, do you really get a feel for them? And um, for our PTA program, we didn't initially have interviews. And I feel like that was vital. And I learned that the first time around. It was vital for the students learning um, just how they learn. If this place, like I said, it can be super overwhelming and just getting a feel for where they are as a person, like, hey, is this going to be the right fit for you? I want to make this as conducive as possible so that you can get as much as you can out of this experience. Um, and yeah, if you, as, as a student, if you don't communicate that to your CI, we can't read your mind. And then it's just noted in different areas. Um, but I found it really interesting that you said, and I think you talked about it too with your um, psych rotation it was something that you were going to be uncomfortable with and I think this was your kind of like getting your feet wet with mm -hmm. peds what you really wanted to learn that's what drew you to to picking Haley um, and I know one of the things for us is like having an interest in peds is huge <laughs> I mean for a lot of these things it's like if you want to get your feet wet you came off with like of course the want to learn which is great but it's like hey I might like peds it's like mm, this this might not be for you and just knowing that and that's totally okay mm -hmm. um but I think that's also where it comes in as a student on doing your hours of observation because like it's you can get your feet wet before even getting yourself into that next step yeah yeah so. well and as a supervisor um obviously my biggest goal is for you to succeed as a student and if I know where your uh maybe not even your faults or weaknesses however you want to call it just something that you want to learn I like to turn that question around of don't call it a weakness, just say what you want to learn and improve on or whatever. Um, so if you are uncomfortable, I feel like you're in a good place, but you also, exactly what Laura just said, you have to have that balance of what you're looking for and those interviews are important. Um, I'm a person that I look at professionalism and the really nitty gritty <laughs> stuff as I talked about. 
Um, and if you're not going to come in and prove it right off the bat and be open and honest, then why are you here? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I found that with Haley. I've noticed that with the PT students that are currently here right now is they're not afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to be uncomfortable. And watching them work through a moment has been really cool. Um, yeah, I think y'all had pointed out multiple times, so going into the rotation with an open mind. I, I have some notes here, and I thought that was really <laughs> important because um, it is what you make of it. You could... Again, you said, I think y'all didn't want to use the word fail, but you could learn from your mistakes and then the next go around, like at treatment sessions, especially in the pediatric setting, they just don't ever go as planned. So <laughs> having the A through Z of a plan, and I think um, that's why here, especially for our particular, we, we really try to have a more experienced student. Um, uh, so usually we won't take students within their first and second rotations um, just so that they've already gotten through the jitters of like, hey, this is my first clinical rotation because that's nerve wracking. I know mm-hmm. it was for me um, knowing that, hey, you're going to come into here um, with a lot asked from you. And yeah. as long as you give us that same feedback as a student and clinical instructor relationship, then you know we'll be fine. But even coming in. As an experienced clinician, I had to do my homework to get a job here. <laughs> like, I went through my old instructor, my professor, thank the Lord for her, because she got me into speaking with one person who's my great friend now, who used to be the person um, in charge of the PT program at the time. And so, um, yeah, again, relationships are just so important in and out of, you know, student or clinician field to to get you where you right. want to be. So. Now, I had mentioned like a bunch of times too that obviously I started grad school during COVID right after quarantine, so there was basically nothing for me to <laughs> do but learn. Um, so it was more, I was more excited to learn from somebody and help me through facilitations and evaluations and interventions. And again, not using the word fail, but letting me have hiccups because even Natalie and I talk about too, like, let's try that sure like let's see how it goes you know like she's never gonna say like no like we're not gonna do that unless it's obviously something that's really not appropriate um but it's just something to like try it see if it works and if it doesn't but then you know now like we can adjust it we can change things modify whatever or just not do it again you know so I think it was important for me and like I've mentioned a lot of times too is that I want my supervisor, my CI, to lead me to success, um, but let me have those hiccups and not, again, fail on my own, but be there to pick me up and, like, guide me to be, like, what I could have done better, what we could improve on, anything like that. So I think that's always an important thing that I recap a lot on looking for a supervisor or CI. As a nonprofit, we couldn't do what we do without your support. Please visit us at critusa.org for more information on our organization, as well to find a link to donate. We would love to hear feedback from you. As mentioned, we are a podcast to serve you. We are reserving the final portion of each episode to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at critusa.org for questions or topics that you would like to be covered. For more information about the re-eval, please visit critusa.org. Thank you for listening. The information presented on this podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice. Please continue to follow the recommendations of your physician and or other healthcare providers. Please refer to your physician prior to initiating any modifications to your current healthcare regimens. regimens.